Amen. Thank you. Earlier this month, uh, well, I, was, I should say this, that once a month, uh, several of us from the church here, we have the, the joy of going to a, a senior living center here in town and holding a, a chapel service. And um, it was the beginning of the month. It's the first Thursday of the month that we do that. And, uh, you know, I take turns with different people, giving devotions and things like that. We sing songs. It's just a wonderful time together. And uh, this last time, because it was December, I, I talked about some Christmassy stuff, and we sang Christmas songs, and Judy brought her harp in and played the harp, and it was just a great time. After, when we were driving back, uh, Anouk and I, we were in the car driving back, and, and she said, you know, some of the things you talked about there, uh, you, you, should, you should maybe preach a sermon or something on that. You should, you should develop that. Um, well, instead of developing into a full sermon, I thought that this would be a really good time to, to talk about some of those things. What I did then is I, I, I read Hebrews chapter 10. I read Hebrews 10, and, and this is one of those passages in Scripture that it just kind of hits you because when you go to Hebrews, that's not, you're usually not thinking about a passage about the incarnation or the birth of Jesus Christ. But yet, in Hebrews chapter 10, there it is. There it is. Here's what the scriptures say. It says, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. He says, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written of me in the scroll of the book. So here we have, in Hebrews chapter 10, we have this passage where it talks about a cosmic conversation that the son had with the father as he was coming into the world on that first Christmas day. Isn't that neat to think about? That we, we have this insight into this conversation that the son had with the father. And this is what he said. He said that, I've, I've come to do your will. And, and, and he, he talks about this. So one of the things I want to do is just highlight very briefly, there's really three topics that, that God the Father and God the Son talk about in this conversation. And the first one is um, about sacrifices and offerings. So it's a cosmic Christmas conversation, and the first topic is just about sacrifices and offerings. Now, why did he bring this up? Well, because if you may remember, in the Old Testament, there's this there's these sacrifices that had to take place because it started back when Adam and Eve were first created and they were put into the garden and they were told that they could eat of any tree, but there was one tree that they couldn't eat of the fruit. And that was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you know the story, Adam and Eve, they ate the one tree, ate of the one tree. And the reason why God did that is because, you know, then, then that there had to be this choice, right? There had to be this, uh, this, this moral um, opportunity for Adam and Eve. They were created innocent, and they chose sin, and they sinned against God. They disobeyed him. The Bible's clear what happened with that is it actually brought death into the world and it just put the whole world into chaos. And so part of the things that were happening after that was is that there had to be sacrifices that were made uh, in order to uh, uh, appease or to order to get forgiveness. And they were looking forward to a Messiah because a Messiah would come. But in the meantime, while they were waiting for the Messiah to come, 
they had to do these offerings and sacrifices over and over again. And one of the things that Jesus talks about in that conversation with the Father, he says that you have no pleasure in them because they were actually insufficient. They were grossly insufficient. It's kind of like if you have a $15,000 balance on a credit card and you know what the minimum payment that they say, you know, like $59 or whatever it is. Well, you could pay that and you could pay it and you could pay it and you'll never pay the debt. You just keep going, but it's, it's insufficient. It's never going to pay it off. And, and that was kind of like what the sacrifices were. They, they had in faith looked forward to um, a Messiah, but yet the sacrifices, it was helpful and it was good, but it, it just wasn't going to take care of the problem like it needed to be. And so that's why Jesus talks about sacrifice and offering. But then the second topic is, he says that the Father prepared a body for Jesus. Well, why did he prepare a body for Jesus? See, this is why it's so important that we're celebrating and tomorrow morning. We know it really wasn't December 25th, but this is just the, the day that is set aside to commemorate this. So when, when, when Jesus took on a body, uh, Jesus was eternally present. He's God, so he's been eternally present, but he was never in a body form. But yet, when he became a baby, he took on a body. And the reason why that was so important is because we could not solve the sin problem on our own with sacrifices. We would be unfaithful, just like the song that we just heard about. Oh, come all you unfaithful. We're all unfaithful. So there had to be a substitute. And this is why Jesus took on the body. This is why we've gathered here tonight. This is why we celebrate. This is the true reason why we give gifts. This is the reason why we celebrate far and wide and loud and with great joy is because Jesus took on a body because he had to be a substitute for us. And the substitute had to be a human because it was a human who sinned. So anyone standing in our place, even though we couldn't solve the debt, we couldn't, do, we couldn't uh, uh, solve this problem, a human had to because it was a human who made the problem. A substitute had to be sinless. Though for a sinner to stand in for another sinner would have no positive effect. And so it had to be a sinless human. Now you can see where this is getting very problematic. It had to be human, but it had to be a sinless human. The substitute's obedience had to be honored. And the substitute had to be one whose suffering would satisfy justice, but at the same time not tarnish God's holiness. And it really... It was only Jesus that could do this. This is why in that cosmic conversation on that very first Christmas, when he came into the world, he's having this conversation. He says, you haven't had any pleasure in the sacrifices, but you've prepared for me a body. That's what he says in Hebrews 10. This conversation that the father and the son had as Jesus is coming into the world, ready to be born of a, of, uh, of a virgin in the stable, talking to, to, to the father, and he says, you had to give me a body. It's amazing. But then there's a third reason of why he came. Why did Jesus come as a baby? Well, it says in that text, in that Hebrews text that I read for you, it was to do the will of the Father. That's the reason why he came. And he did accomplish the plan. And so how do I know that? How do I know that Jesus accomplished the plan? You know what the unique thing about the Bible is? Is that it just surprises us all the time. And it gives us insight. And it gives us an understanding of what God's expectations are. An understanding of how all this plan fits together. You see, this was in Hebrews chapter 10 where I'm talking about. This was a conversation as Jesus was coming into the world. But did you know that there's also a text in the Bible that records a conversation that Jesus and the Father had when he was leaving the world? 
That's in John 17. So here the Bible gives us a conversation that the Father and the Son had as Jesus is coming. But in John chapter 17, if we have this, this conversation, this is called this, this prayer of Jesus or a high priestly prayer of when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified and he was going to leave the world a short time afterwards. Here's what Jesus said to the Father. He says, I have glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas. Because he accomplished what needed to be accomplished. And so, the cosmic Christmas conversation shows us that the true motivation for Advent was for Jesus to come and save us from our sins. And like Jesus, our existence then should be to do the Father's will. So I don't know where you're at tonight, spiritually. I don't know if you're someone who have been believing in Jesus for a long time. Let this just... Christmas Eve reminder here be a challenge to you that you are still here for a reason and it is to do the will of the Father. But maybe you're here today and this is all new to you. And maybe you've, you've been very familiar with the Christmas story or you've kind of flirted with the idea of a relationship with God. But this has never taken hold. Can I just encourage you that tonight is a night for you to cry out to God for forgiveness. Tonight is a night for you to ask God to forgive you of your sins and to save you and to be your Savior. And what better night to do that than Christmas Eve here? You see, that's why Jesus came. That's why we have candles and we're singing and we do all these different traditions. And we do things differently this time of year. And the reason why is because we want to make it special and we want to celebrate. And we're celebrating because of what Jesus did for us. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians that says this. It says, oh, actually, this is going to be later on. Sorry. But the, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I got ahead of myself here. Um, and I'm not even going to read that one. So, um, but the reason why we're here is so that we can do the Father's will. Amen? Let me pray. Father, I just want to pray for us tonight. Lord, I want to pray that we would be a people who are um, about following the example of Christ, of being here to do the Father's will. And, you know, there's many ways that we can live that out. But, Lord, we need to be people who, first and foremost, have the whole purpose of Advent down. It is so that we could have forgiveness of sins. It's so that those of us, of all of humanity, we, we were... We were destined for destruction. Our sin had separated us from you. If we needed a savior, sacrifices weren't going to cut it totally. We needed someone to stand in our place. And Jesus, when you came, you came as a baby to do just that. You lived a life of perfect obedience, a life that we can never live. And so when you died, it was an unjust death. And then when you rose again, you conquered death and thereby signifying that God's wrath, the Father's wrath is satisfied. The Bible's very clear that you say we just believe in you and follow you. Lord, I pray this Christmas, I pray two things happen in this room right now. One, that there are people who have never put their full faith in you, that they would do so tonight. And number two, I pray that we would be refreshed, be refreshed by the gospel, the good news of Advent. We're thankful for Christ. We are hopeless without him. For it's in Christ's name we do pray.